You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. The grand finale is here, Smeltzy. The grand finale is here. It's Super Bowl week, what we've been waiting for. But as always, got my main man Smeltzy with me here today. Want to wish you a happy belated birthday. Hope you had a good weekend celebrating, getting some time off. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're just going to ignore my birthday because obviously that means I got a year older. So we'll just we'll just kind of skim over that. That's that's not really a big deal. I, I actually got a fact for you right off the, right off the bat. Since since you've mentioned that it's the season finale, uh, do you know how much the Lombardi Trophy weighs? Can't say that I do. I'm gonna go ahead and guess thirteen point seven pounds. <laughs> why? Why the points? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's seven pounds. Seven pounds is what it weighs. Dang. Yeah. So now you know. That's the, a good the more fact you know, to know, dude. So now now you can go to your local, you know, dive bar and win trivia night. Thanks to Smelty. So I appreciate it, dude. It's one of my main hobbies is going to dive bars for local trivia. You look the part. I, I feel it. I feel it. Well, we don't have much to recap this week because we had the Pro Bowl last week. And let's be honest, nobody watches that thing. However, the skills challenge was pretty cool. But again, you just watch the highlights on YouTube. Did, did you watch any of it at all? Uh, highlights on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I turned on for like 10 minutes thought I was going to get into it and it was like the flag football portion and I was just like you know nah <laughs> it's just like I couldn't do it I can't it's watch just, grown men like, play flag football I couldn't football, do bro. it man yeah it's just I mean it'll never be what it once was the days of Sean Taylor just destroying a punter oh yeah you'll never see that again for a pro bowl yeah they dude. should bring the game back but I don't at the same time I don't know like nobody's, nobody's gonna not, play nobody's hitting you know Nobody's going to play. It's not in Hawaii. Like, the one thing that's actually somewhat exciting they is They should the, put it back in Hawaii. 100%. 100% they should put it back in Hawaii. Uh, the one thing that is exciting is that, you know, some of the skills challenges are pretty cool. But again, you don't get, like, the top, top, top tier players going anymore. So, you know, like the quarterback challenge, Dan Orlovsky shouldn't beat <laughs> yeah. the six Pro Bowl quarterbacks <laughs> in that challenge. Yeah, no doubt. That was insane. That I mean, insane. props to Dan Orlovsky, though. Boy can still sling hey, it. Hey, he can still, yeah, he can still sling it. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. We're gonna we're gonna start this really podcast off with uh, get right into tent talk this week. Nine one one, what's your emergency? We really don't have too much from injuries, you know, as kind of expected with the two week rest. A lot of players gotta gotta get healthy. Um, but Joe Tooney, guard for Kansas City, is unsure if he will practice this week. But again, one would imagine he's gonna go ahead and play. He's got to. He's got to. I mean, at this at this stage in the playoffs, and I know we've said it literally every week when we talk injuries, like, you got to have this guy. You got to because you do. If it's the playoffs, obviously now it's the Super Bowl. Like, you got to have him. He's a big piece of Pacheco's season this year. Like, you just got to have it. And, again, we'd, we'd imagine that he will be playing on Sunday. Yeah, he's he's going to be good to go. You just don't miss this game. And he's pretty big to that team, especially with how, you know, big and dangerous that 49ers front four front seven are they're gonna need him in there to open up some holes 
But that's all we got for injuries, to be honest with you. Like I said, teams are pretty pretty clean this this go-around. Everybody's banged up at this time, but they're going to be good to go. So let's get into some news. It came out today that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to actually host a game in Brazil week one next year, which is pretty crazy. And you have a fun fact about this game. I do? Oh, yeah, I do, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time there'll be an NFL game on a Friday night in week one in 50 years, turns out, which is uh, pretty impressive. That's pretty crazy. I mean, it gives us another primetime game and opening weekend of football. Gotta love that. And how cool is it they're going down to Brazil? I kind of want to watch that game, but at the same time, it's just like I probably coach a game that night myself because it's a Friday night. You know, um, Friday night light. So let's, let's hope that that's on a Thursday night so I can watch this game on Friday. There you go. Their well, opponent's still to be announced, too. Well, the Thursday game, too. You're going to have the Super Bowl champion in that game, so you're going to miss that one of the nah, two. I could care less. Okay, fair enough. But you care about the unless Eagles? It's the, unless it's the Vikes. It's in Brazil, bro. It's in the... Like, I just want to watch it because like, I got up to watch the Germany game. Same reason. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Because that was, that's cool. it was different. It wasn't in uh, whatever the UK stadium is again in London. Uh, Wimbledon? No. Wembley. Wembley. Wimbledon. <laughs> Wimbledon is the tennis event held, I believe, yeah, no, no, at for Wembley. Sure. I, nope, uh, it's you not know, W's, yeah. No, you're right. It, it, yeah, it's the tennis event. But let's stop talking about tennis because we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Sure don't. Sure don't. So, other news that came out that kind of, well, it doesn't surprise me because he just always wants his name out there, but Le'Veon Bell wants to return at 31. Do you have hate for Le'Veon Bell? I don't hate him. That's a strong word. Do, you Do dislike I highly him? dislike his antics? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, so I got like a soft spot for him because, you know, Michigan State. And so like, I don't know, but his, his attitude definitely changed. Like once he was like killing it, his first like what, four years or so. I'd say more than that. In the even. NFL, it was four or five. And then he kind of went on that decline and left Pittsburgh. Yeah, he, he got his money. He got his money, got went his money. to New York, I believe on a four, <clears throat> on a four year deal and just rapidly Oh, that's declined. right. And he was only there for like two years of that deal, I think. I don't even think he finished his contract there. Yeah, it was something that's like that. That's what happened. If, he went to New York. If I'm not mistaken, he then played for the Chiefs. Yeah, well, he was on the Chiefs for like a or short He wore a Chiefs uniform. He I, did. I don't know yeah, if he wore he Chiefs uniform. No, he did actually play a couple games, like six games for him or something like oh, that. Okay. It wasn't many, but he did play. Um, and then, yeah, one other team that he just, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, he he says he'd only play for Pittsburgh. That's interesting. That's interesting. If you're a 31-year-old running back wanting to make a return, I don't know if I would necessarily limit myself like that. Well, for, for one, two, good point. And, uh, uh, but then, like Mike Tomlin. Like him and Mike Tomlin did not, you know, agree on some things right there at the end of his tenure in Pittsburgh. So, Yeah, but it's also Mike Tomlin. He's a player's coach. I, I think that relationship could he be is. mended. But So what is, what is Le'Veon trying to do? Just, like, make a comeback? For himself personally, because there's Najee Harris and what Jalen Warren. Warren. So like, what they both what rushed over 700, I think this year, both of yeah, them. Yeah, Le'Veon went so, over a thousand. They both had over a thousand scrimmage yards. They both. Oh, it was over a thousand. Okay, I knew it was. Oh, scrimmage yards. Okay, sure. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, where does he fit on this team for the potential locker room I mean. toxicity? Like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna overtake two young guns. I think he could play somewhere if he didn't, like you said, limit himself to the one team. Yeah, it's just it's also not in his favor that running backs are not near a much of a commodity anymore. Especially at thirty one years old. And thirty one years old hasn't played in the league in how many years and did not do good the last years he was in the league. Like he wasn't used very much. No. Yeah, and there's like, a reason you don't get used very much. <laughs> right. He should continue focusing on rapping and boxing. I think that could be maybe be some more future in him than the NFL, but 
We're talking about him. It's what he wants. So let's get into some coaching news. So surprisingly, not only did Ben Johnson decide to stay put as the offensive coordinator for the Lions, he came out to say that the basketball, or sorry, the Washington Commanders brass were basketball guys. Yeah, and like it's kind of like a, this has now even got another fold to it as of today, actually, um, that allegedly, I don't know how it works for coaches, their agent or some sort of representative for them, whatever, in contract talks and crap had already texted the commanders like top guys as they were heading to Detroit to talk to, to, uh, to Ben saying that he was going to stay there. So now it's came out because now, you know, Washington kind of said that they didn't really like how he interviewed and like his attitude and stuff like this after he said the basketball guys thing. And now it's came out again that, well, they already knew that he wasn't interested and still came anyway. And like, now it's just this big weird thing. Like it's just kind of weird. <laughs> it is. It's like, it's like that. It, it's a lot of drama for a it's not needed right now. Coordinator. Right. It's not Bill Belichick. We're talking about doing this. No, Somebody no. that's actually going to grab a headline. It's they, an offensive coordinator for a team that had its first playoff win in 30 years. And that's just it. This sucks for a team that like has had nothing but, things to celebrate even with the loss in the playoffs like it's it's such a good time to be a Detroit fan right now and then you got this that's kind of just mucking it up like come on exactly and I mean it is a win there the lines are keeping them so it's still something to be happy about it's just you're right it's just a little bit too much drama for what it needs to be go to the beach bro take take your time off go to the beach chill out just you're staying boom don't talk to nobody else do the Cliff exactly. Kingsbury and go to Taiwan or whatever that or not Kingsbury or was it Kingsbury? Yeah, Kingsbury. That went, went like, to Thailand. Thailand, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Uh, but let's move on from there. So we kind of mentioned this the the a couple pods ago, and it's uh, Mike McDaniel McDonald got hired by the Seahawks as the head coach. It all kind of makes sense now that the Seahawks' job was you know it's one that it's kind of favorable. It was the second best job in my opinion behind the Chargers, and it was just staying open. They weren't really interviewing guys, but they were waiting for their guy to come out of the playoffs. The Ravens had to lose. McDonald became available, and bada bing, bada bang. He's the head coach of the Seahawks. Yeah, I I think that's pretty wild. And and honestly, like, there's no we here. You got to take your flowers. You called that, like, I think, like, two pods ago. Something about Mike McD- uh, McDonald maybe going to the Seahawks. You maybe think it would be a good fit. And obviously, it's happened. You, you add in Leslie Frazier to that, who's had pretty some successful defenses under his time as well. So, like, now you got two crazy defensive minds and McDonald's, I believe now the youngest head coach in the league. You are correct, sir. He is the youngest coach in the league at a ripe age of 36. Insane that a 36 year old head coach is, well, a 36 year old is being hired as a head coach. What's even more insane is McVay was the youngest head coach ever to be hired at 31, seven years ago. And he's now still the third youngest coach in the league at 38. Could you, could you imagine that? How old are you? 31. Yeah, okay. Could you imagine being head coach of an NFL team and half the half the people around you, coaching staff, players, personnel, like half of them are all older than you and like you're just you run the show. That's just absurd to me. Just <laughs> absurd to me. While somebody not quite as young got hired as the head coach of the Washington Commanders, the previous defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Dan Quinn is headed to Washington, and he's taking his secondary coach, Joe Witt, with him as the D.C. 
Um, that hurts a little bit because Joe Witt was actually a part of the Packers staff. Charles Woodson raved about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's good to see him, you know, get his spot. He was a secondary coach with Dallas, so it makes sense. Um, but, you know, it's I, I like that hire. I've always been a fan of Dan Quinn, ever going back to the Legion of Boom. You know, he didn't succeed as the head coach of the Falcons, but he's taken over a team that's a quarterback away from being, I would say, a playoff caliber team. They're not a contender, but a playoff caliber team. Who? I'm sorry. Commanders. Okay, yeah, yeah, Commanders, yeah. Um, just, but just, I mean, uh, yeah, because they really weren't that far off. I'm not sure if, who's their quarterback? Sam Howell? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's the answer. Well, that's the um, league in interceptions. But, <laughs> so, um, might look at making a change there. But other than that, like, you know, they, they really weren't that bad. Did they finish, didn't they finish with, like, uh, I'm, I could, no, they were bad. They were bad. They had like three or four wins. I was like, didn't they finish like seven wins? Maybe I'm thinking of a different year, a Chase Young year. LOL. They finished with four. four they wins, owned yeah. the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what made me think. I was like, no, they're higher than the Vikes in the draft. So I know. But anyway, sorry. But yeah, I thought it was interesting too that he brings Joe Witt with him. I, I think that's a really underrated but a good move. Somebody that's already already knows Dan Quinn obviously closely at this point, and. I believe, I, I just looked it up here, I believe this will be his first chance at being a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, I think... He was, yeah, he was an assistant or maybe like an assistant to the secondary coach when he was with Green Bay and then went down to Dallas. I don't know when he went to Dallas, but he's been the secondary coach there, so... He was the cornerback's coach for you guys for eight years. Yeah, That's man. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Charles Woodson loved him. He had just, he, he's always given him his flowers. Hmm. He's always given him his flowers. And then, you know, it's good to see. I, I think Joe Witt's a name you might see as a uh, potential head coach here in the next three, four years. You think so? Okay. I, I mean, it depends on what he can do with that team, but that Washington defense is loaded with young talent. It is. Now, they no, don't have Montez Sweat, and they don't have Chase Young. Those are two big pieces they're okay. losing. They knew they were rebuilding. They still got Jonathan Allen, man. Yeah. They and Deron Payne. They're fine. They're, oh, yeah, Deron Payne. I love Deron. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. Well, let's move on then to some more drama. Cliff Kingsbury likes to be kind of in that drama there. He is now the offensive coordinator in Washington, joining Dan Quinn. But that's a surprise. Tell me a little bit more about that, Smeltzy. Yeah, I don't know. That threw me off because we everybody was ready for Cliff to come back to the league in a coordinator role for the Raiders. But then, yeah, just all of a sudden, I don't know if it was a mutual thing that they decided not to or what, but all of a sudden, like, he just wasn't going to be a part of the Raiders. And literally, like, two, three days later, now he's Washington's OC. Yeah, so it wasn't mutual at all. The Raiders wanted him. They they thought they had him oh, in their he grabs. Backed out. He backed out because, so, uh, Adam Schefter reported on the Pat McAfee show that it was a, he, like, Kingsbury wants, he wanted, like, a three-year deal in Oakland or Vegas, I'm sorry, wasn't willing to give him that or something. It was it was a money thing, too. And then Washington was. Um, but this Washington team, man, with Kingsbury at the run in the offense, you got a defensive guy as your head coach who's, I think, going to kind of bring a little bit more of that D'Amico Ryan-type energy. Maybe not as much, um, but he's more of that. And then he's going to – I think he's going to let Joe Witt run this defense. So I, I think this Washington team could be could be something, and man. And with Cliff running the offense, I mean, do you think they try to f- – I mean, what? This was Sam Howell's second year. Do they try to fix him? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at number four? No, I'm I'm just verifying that they have the fourth overall pick. Oh, yeah. I d- no, you no, think you're so right. they, they're up there. They have the second overall pick. I'm sorry. Oh, snap. So yeah, so I'm, a- I'm I'm silly. 
Um, so, yeah, they had the same record, but strength of schedule comes into play. So, Washington has the number two overall pick. So, Washington's going to get their quarterback. They're going to get their quarterback. They're going to get Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, whoever doesn't go one and they like between the other two. So, mm. we'll see what happens with that rook, but you're throwing to Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson, Deami Brown. Yeah, they got some weapons. They got, they got Brian Robinson weapons. and Antonio Gibson in the backfield. They they have some pieces on this team, man. And, I mean, we saw what Cliff did with, with Kyler Murray in the early years. I, I wouldn't mind so, seeing Jaden Daniels run around with that Cliff, oh, Cliff Kingbury's offense, man. Do they take Jaden Daniels at two? I mean, with I think Drake it depends May on who goes one. possibly Caleb Williams think, still on the board? I think Jaden gives you more of the Kyler ability than Drake May. Well, 100%. But Caleb gives you not as much of that, but more than Drake May gives you. But Caleb William gives you the overall arm talent. And I'm not trying to hate on Caleb, but he gives me bad vibes. Yeah, I don't this like his attitude. This year wasn't as great, and it's just, it's just, I just, I don't know. Uh, he gives me bad vibes, bro. And, like, the I'm more I've watched that. Drake May's tape, I'm like, this dude's better than I thought. Like, I wasn't a sold on, and uh, we're not, we're going on a tangent on prospects, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, but... Yeah, but Cliff yeah. Kingsbury to the Washington, man. That Washington Washington team, those basketball guys are putting together pretty good basketball coaching staff guys. here. Right, right. Um, but let's move on to my Packers. We didn't get Rayable Smelty. Yeah, what the we heck? Didn't what gives? He's still out there. <laughs> we didn't get BB. We didn't get Wink. So who'd you get? We got the Boston College head coach, Jeff Halfley. That delay was because I had to look down and see. Oh boy! Do you know anything about old Jeff? Um, so Jeff has a uh, he he's had a pretty good defense when he did take over Boston College as the head coach. Um, I've looked into him a little bit more after obviously the hire. Um, I, I'm it's growing on me. I if he implements what he likes to do at the collegiate level, he plays a lot of man coverage. He plays a lot of press man coverage, and he likes to bring his safety down in the box. I love that for the Packers defense of what they have right now. You got Jair, you got Eric Stokes outside. They can handle their own on an island and play that man press, right? They have the back-end speed ability, if they do get beat, to make up for it and recover. And his his background is defensive backs coach. For In the NFL, he has experience. Multiple years of experience, a couple different teams. Uh, yeah, uh, low-key move, I... I Threw me off. I didn't know who the heck he was. I didn't either. I didn't even know his name was in the running, to be honest with you. So you haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is uh, so uh, the the rumors came out. You know, reports came out that we offered, if I'm not mistaken, his name's Anthony Parker. He's the Broncos like secondary coach that was in the runnings for a lot of DC positions. Um, the reports came out that we offered the job to him, so he must have turned that down. I didn't see anything after the fact, and then boom, Jeff Halfley was hired. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I like that he's young. We we got a guy that's younger. He's not the Wink Martindale. I mean, Vrabel and BB, those were always a pipe dream. It was never going to happen. Like, that was me no, just... for sure. It was entertainment, Good right? <laughs> um, so, it's it's. I like that he's young. I, I, I do. I, I think he's going to bring some juice to the defense. It's a new face in there. Different team. We're going to run more of a 4-3 now. We haven't had a 4-3 in a hot minute. I do also like that he was a co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State recently. Um, I didn't know that either. He more of a recruiter role, but he was still co-defensive coordinator there. Hey, co-defensive coordinator for Ohio I mean, State. College that's a... defenses are becoming more and more like NFL defenses every day. I mean, yeah, and they're running pro defense. They're running pro defense. Uh, right. You so know, so it's, it's. I I don't know. I'm I'm not like shaking in my boots 
as a Vikings fan right now about your defense. I got my own problems to worry about, but like you get your own it's, defense it's, to worry it's, about. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Brian Flores ain't going well where he'll he'll patch it up. Daniel Hunter will sign. Kirk Cousins won't. It'll be a whole thing. Like don't get me going, but a low key hire to me. I didn't see it coming, and we'll just see how it pans out. Yeah, I mean, going to that four three, I do like that. I like, I, I, I really like being able to see. What were you guys running last year? Three four. We've had a three four since Bob Capers, my guy. Yeah, now there's yeah. been some hybrids of that. You know, Mike Patton wasn't a really a true three four. Um, old buddy Joe Barry wasn't a true three four. But our personnel, right? I like from a personnel standpoint. You get Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary with the hand in the dirt on the outside. We're not going to ask Preston Smith to drop into coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's you know, from a linebacking standpoint, you got Devondre Campbell or Quay Walker in the middle, and the other one of those guys is the weak. It reminds me a little bit of that, like, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Not to that level. Don't get me wrong. I'm not even going to start comparing that. But then you got the two corners on the outside that can play lockdown defense if 21 Stokes is on the field. We need help at safety. That has to be a focus in the offseason. I'd love to see a Geno Stone signing. But... I just like what that sounds like. You got Kenny Clark and then um, 93. Uh, shoot. TJ Slayton. He's a young guy. He's impressed. You got them on the inside, bro. I I, I like that. I, I like it, that. I think it all starts with Rashawn Gary, though. I think it really does. I think he carries that, that defense right now. If he can, like, give us a shed of, like, dominant Khalil Mack-style play, I think that defense is scary. Because people forget about Van Ness. You know, well, he was a rookie and he, he didn't really I, do anything. That's what I mean. And like everybody's gonna, but he's not bad. But he was a rookie and he he was a he was a shadow to Preston Smith, right? He didn't get his play. He didn't get the playing time. Oh, when he does, he he'll be I'm all right. Saying, he'll be fine, bro. He'll be fine. So that's the thing, and you're learning from a Preston Smith and or a Rashawn Gary, and you have them on the other side, or like the just the 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 potential of a, a Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary for years to come. I love that. We have an, two edge rushers that have the potential to be dominant. We haven't had that since Clay Matthews, and didn't really matter who you threw on the other side of it. So it's going to be up to Jeff Hefley to bring it home, how Jeff. To use him. Bring it home, Jeff. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of my Packers here. We have my favorite segment of the week back with you this week. We're going to move on to your bonehead move of the week presented by Smelty. Yeah, man. Uh, of course, another bonehead. And this week it is Kayshawn Butte. And I could be saying that wrong. I don't know. I think he's actually from Louisiana. I don't have that draw on my voice. But moving on, there's betting allegations against this fella. Uh, he was actually arrested on computer fraud and gambling for persons under 21. So this included his time when he was at LSU. Uh, I believe he even bet on some games that he obviously had played in as well. Um Oh, did he ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he placed, and this is, you know, my media play on it, nearly 9,000 bets. It's actually like 8,900. But nearly 9,000 bets were placed uh, underage at LSU. And he continued on a little bit too into the NFL, which obviously, as we know, the NFL is a big no-no when it comes to gambling, specifically on sports. The only thing I want to know out of this guy's an absolute moron. 
Whew, I was about to love what you were about to say. <laughs> that was awesome. But good. Wow. Yeah, this, go on. This guy's an absolute moron. You, you just threw away a whole career of football for, for placing bets. So what I, I the only thing I want to know, how much did he win or lose? You know, is he up? Is he down? What is this? Because co- if he's not up, he threw away the potential to have millions of dollars because he's actively on the Patriots for... Uh, I need to know what the I, results I, I, of this game were. I don't know how much he actually made on the betting. All I know is, like, allegedly he was doing pretty well. Um, let's see. Over two years, about 637000 was wagered from the account with 556000 won. So it sounds like he did not. I mean, he's doing all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like also, I mean, at the point of where college football is, so you, he was in, in college from 2020 wages. to 2022. You got the NIL coming into effect, I believe, in 2022, if I'm not mistaken. You could have made money just being, because he was the top receiver at LSU after Jamar and Justin left. Right, right. Like, so, there's no reason. Bro, what are you doing? It only sa- it says here for that year span, April 22 to May 23, that only 17 of the bets run college football games. So and and six involved LSU football. So what the f were the other eight thousand bets on? You probably bet on NFL games like pilot. I, bro, I don't even know. That's just crazy. It, it's just insane that somebody would just throw away their whole career for this. Uh, thanks to Kev, obviously. Um, according to the this is I don't know who 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 whose article is this here? Athletic. Oh, of course it's the Athletic. Kev loves the Athletic. For those who don't know. Um, according to the affidavit, Butte bet 450000 in 2022 and lost 65000 that year. Booty. Uh, in 2023, he bet one eighty six and lost 16000 Booty. What's he doing, bro? <laughs> so, Is he listening to our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you would think. You would think. So, yeah, I mean, uh, easy bonehead of the week. It was probably more like a week and a half ago, but it kind of overlapped with another bonehead. But, oh, man, that's uh, clown behavior. Absolute clown, man. And it's, uh, I mean, it sucks that this dude's going to jail. Like, it's, it's, you can, for like underage betting, like gambling, like, all right. I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know if he's going to jail, but he's, I, I think What it's, are you in for? 8,900 bets. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, wow. that's funny, yeah, that's dude. pretty wild. Yeah, dude, it's like, I don't know if that should be the case, but, I mean, hopefully he turns it around. He, he, he At the end of the day, gambling is an addiction. Call one in <laughs> I mean, no, he's not trying to joke about that. It is, and I'm not trying Call to sound like that Call one in gambling either. if you have any. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, we're, we're saying you should not be a bonehead and end up like Kayshawn Butte. <laughs> yeah, gamble responsibly at least like don't 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 gamble your career and this dude just gambled his career and it's especially probably if you know you know the rules under 21 that's the ma- major issue and then you obviously you just have to know that it's probably a pretty big negative to be betting on the team you play for at the same time but uh yeah i i, I got nothing i got nothing yeah, it's it, let's let's just move on from this absolute bonehead. All right, now we're going to pop into some lightning round NFL award predictions. We're going to say who we think is actually going to win the award and we think and then we're going to recap that with who we think really should win the award. 
And we're going to start off with the biggest award of them all, the MVP. We got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. Smelty, who should win this award in your opinion? Lamar Jackson. Why is that? I just all year. He's shown all year he's the most valuable player, uh, not only to his team, but in the league. Uh, yes, they came up short in the playoffs, but it was more than just him. It, I, it, just, it should be Lamar Jackson. I'm in a disagreement with you there. I think this should be Christian McCaffrey. What he's done for that offense in, in San Fran, I think he's way more vital to that team than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy might sh- be deserving of being in this conversation, but I he's would fourth. take him fourth. I'd take him fifth out of everybody on this list. Oh, you put Dak above? Brock? Yeah, I would put I would put him. Um, but who who do you think's actually going to win it this year? Lamar Jackson. I'm in agreement with you too. This is his award <laughs> to lose. So this one's pretty easy. MVP Lamar, I think's going to win it. I don't think he should. Smelty's on board with who he should and think will win it. We're going to pop over on the offensive side of the ball. We have offensive player of the year. We have Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson. C.D. Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott. I'll start us off with this one. I mean, this is the same thing for MVP, in my opinion. I think Christian McCaffrey should win this award. How about you? I think if McCaffrey were to win MVP, uh, I would like to think that Tyreek actually gets this award. However, if Lamar Jackson gets MVP, like yours truly says stated, that Christian McCaffrey, I would also agree, would get Offensive Player of the Year. There's no doubt what he's what he's done this year and what he's capable of in the receiving game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah for he's, sure. He's an absolute dual threat. I think Tyreek is going to win it just because we with McCaffrey in the MVP discussion, I think that hurts him. I don't think he's going to win it in the MVP. I think he's going to finish third or fourth, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think that's deserving. Obviously, I just said that, but I think this is Tyreek's award to lose this year. And we're going to pop over to the defensive side of the ball. We have a cornerback, surprisingly, Duran Bland. And we have Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt. Oh, my, that are some edge rushers. What do you think is going to win this, or who, who should win this one? I, I really want to go with TJ Watt, mainly because of, I mean, he's a beast. He, he, he leads sacks all the time. However... The dude can't stay on the field, so that I think that hurts it for him. So I think who should win it this year? It's hard to argue against Max Crosby right now, but I think TJ will probably win it. I, I, I'm with you. I think TJ should win this award. I really do. I mean, the injuries, yeah, it sucks, but he put up gaudy numbers. Even with the injuries. With <laughs> missing games. So th- this is TJ's award. couldn't even do that. No, oh. no. And, well, that's a hot take. Whoa! So, I think this is TJ. (laughs) I think this is TJ's award to lose, and I I do think he's going to come home with it. Um, I like Deron Bland being in the conversation, though. He's deserving of being in the conversation. I agree, 100%. It's it's nice to see a corner in the the conversation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, we're going to pop over to Offensive Rookie of the Year. This one, I think, is going to be one that's going to be debated among a lot of people. But we have Jamar Gibbs, Sam Laporta, two Lions in there, Puka Nakua, Bajan Robinson, and CJ Stroud. I think there's two people that should not be in this finalist. But who do you think is going to win this one, man? For me, it's a four-way tie for first, to be to be quite frank. And the one left out, 
is Bijan, just because he just too slow of a start to the year, but he got it together. I think he's going to have a great year too. Um, CJ with the injury sucks. I think that hurts him. I think he could still win it with the injury. Puka Nakua with his records and all that crap. Sam Laporta was obviously big down the stretch. You saw it. He, he was more consistent every week. So I would maybe Sam Laporta would be four for me. And then Jameer Gibbs. I mean, it's between Gibbs and Nakua for me. I think Nakua will win it because of records. Um, but I think Gibbs would also deserve it. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit off base with you here. I don't think Gibbs and Bijan Robinson are deserving to be in this class with the mm-hmm. other three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this award should go to Puka Nakua. He broke records, and yeah, he didn't have Cooper Cup, but he had Cooper Cup over half the year, and when Cooper came back, Puka didn't slow down. But that's just it. He didn't have Cooper Cup half the year, like you said. So once those first couple games came in, teams are like, oh, snap, we got we got to cover this, whoever the hell this Puka guy is, and then he still did it. So right, it's, I I really think this this should be a a blow away Puka Nakua winning this. I'm gonna guess your number two, but I think that C.J. Stroud yep. will win it, and oh. I it's it's really hard to argue against. It over it's, Puka. it's a quarterback league, and yeah. the the thing about it is the Rams are two years away from being Super Bowl champions. The Texans have never been to <laughs> yeah, an AFC near. championship game. Maybe maybe they went to one or two in the you know J.J. Watts prime but what cj did to turn this team around you can't argue against and his overall just dominance of what he did and his importance when he was on the field is just it's a quarterback league and that's why i think he will win but i think the award should go to puka fair enough now we're going to switch over to defensive rookie of the year this one it's really a toss-up in my opinion we got will anderson jalen court carter joey porter jr kobe turner and devon witherspoon Again, like for me, for me, again, this is like a five-way tie, like to be honest. Like maybe, I don't know. It's hard to argue what Will Anderson's done. He's probably had a better year than Jalen Carter. That Philly defense didn't really do too much this year. But I like what Witherspoon did in Seattle this year as well, what Porter did in Like it's, I don't know. Um, If I had to go with anybody, and it's probably like, the easiest pick, but Will Anderson, I guess. But, you know, I, I think it's pretty close for defensive rookie there. I'm curious who, who will end up getting it. Yeah, I'm really curious on this one, too. Uh, I think Will Anderson will win it just because he was, you know, number one overall or number two overall pick. You know, so he has the that that prestigiousness, per se, too. No, he was number one, and then CJ was two, wasn't he? Well, almost, that's how, almost, that sounds right. That sounds right. Regardless, either way, one he's two, got the right. prestigious top five pick tag next to him for the rest of his career. Exactly. And he dominated. Trevor Lawrence like, is still starting, you know? Yeah, right. So, And and he did dominate, you know? So, like, you can't take it away from him, but I think Devon Witherspoon should win this award. Um, he, Great season. He had such a good year, and the other thing is he had Tariq Woolen on the other side, so it's not like they were just, you know, letting the ball not go to Devon. They were still, you know, they had to balance between the two. Who are you going to throw at? And he more than stood his own. So I was really impressed with Devon Witherspoon and, what Mike McDonald's going to be able to do with that defense is, is just crazy. This one is a topic of discussion because of, well, to put it bluntly, somebody died and came back to life. So we have comeback player of the year. This is really between, I mean, you can make an argument for three, but in reality, two people, in my opinion, we have Joe Flacco 
DeMar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, and Tua Tua of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I mean, Tua had a great year. He did great. I would say great comeback year, but he's not in this conversation. Neither is Matt Stafford, in my opinion. Um, the thing about DeMar Hamlin, yes, the dude died on the field, came back to play in the NFL at a high level. No, he doesn't start or anything like that, but like, he came back and he's on the, he's still on the team. You know, I mean, he wasn't active for a majority of the game. Nobody's going to cut him at this point. Right. You know what I mean? At least not the bills. So, but if we're talking about a true comeback player of the year, like you didn't think they were going to do anything this year and ended up doing something. I mean, it's between Joe Flacco and Baker Mayfield for me. And for me, it's, it's Joe Flacco just being able to come literally off the couch at his age and, Help the Browns get to the playoffs when they were not, they were struggling. That offense was struggling. And he comes in and takes them to the playoffs. Yes, with the defensive help, but comes in and takes them to the playoffs. I, it's I, For me, it's hard to argue against Joe Flacco. I'm 100% with you. I, I mean, who I, who's going to win this award? It's not even who will win it. He is going to win it. That's Damar Hamlin. I don't, what, not much more needs to be said about that. I mean, he was inactive for a lot of the games this year. Like, yeah. And we're not taking anything away from him. He deserves an NFL roster spot 100%, but it, it, it's just, it, it's it's an unfortunate thing of what happened to him. And at the end of the day, regardless of if he gets this award or not, he, he won life, right? Like, like he's 100%. still living after being, being, being dead. Literally dead. You know, yeah. so... But th- th- this award to me is really between Joe Flacco and Baker Mayfield. Nobody expected much out of the Bucks. Granted, one of the worst divisions in football. They didn't really have to do much to be successful, but also won a playoff game against the defending Super Bowl partaker in the Eagles, right? And they dominated them. I don't, I don't know <laughs> Defend- why. That was awesome. Defending Super Bowl partaker. I don't know why I, I cannot think of who the loser of the Super Bowl is, but that's what the Eagles were. And um, but But Joe Flacco, what he did to that Browns team, their offense was in just absolute just – shambles shambles right they were just terrible he he took the team he he put them on their back and yeah they had a great defense but he was also making plays he threw for over 300 yards the majority of the time threw some picks yeah but he also threw the tuds right so i think this award should go to joe flacco but baker definitely put his name in there man he he definitely played more than he, he exceeded expectations so we're gonna have our second to last award here the coach of the year this one is is really really going to be a, a a big a lot of people should and can win this award we have dan campbell john harbaugh D'Amico ryan's kyan kyle shanahan and kevin stefanski i'll lead us off on this one but this one's smelty i think this award will be won and should go to dan campbell they had expectations of being, you know, good this year. They were favored to be the number one, like, team in the NFC North, as they should have been. But what he's done to this team, what he means to this team, how he's bought into the city, the ownership, what, the t- like, football means, it's just no better locker room guy in the league than Dan Campbell. D'Amico Ryan's very close second. Yeah, I, I agree with the locker room bit on Dan Campbell. Um, we know what John Harbaugh gave us, and it's crazy to think that He's really not in the conversation, truly, even though what his team did was outstanding this year. But he's not in the conversation, and the same can be said about Kyle Shanahan. Like, what he did this year is insane, but he's he's not in that conversation either. Those were expectations that they had to make and and succeed at, and they did. Cool. The guy, guys like Kevin Stefanski, who lost his starting quarterback, had to go 
two, three different quarterbacks. Now Joe Flacco off the couch, still somehow kept the defense together. Something to be said about that easy third. But it is between Dan Campbell and D'Amico Ryans for me as well, and it, it it's it's hard. I, I totally am 100% with you. I agree with everything you said about Dan Campbell, but I just, I don't know if I can pick one between these two. And if, to be to be fun, I'm going to pick D'Amico Ryans. But, I mean, the dude had a great season. I mean, to take the, that Texans team, like you already mentioned, that hasn't been to an AFC championship win, who knows Godwin, if ever, because um, what, they've been in the league since 02? Something like that. Um, but, like, it's hard to argue against D'Amico Ryans. And you lose C.J. Stroud, who you've now started to lean on, and you still get by and and get into the playoffs, and not not only get in the playoffs, but you almost you almost looked like you could have won it. Yeah, at I least mean, one game. It, it, to me, this is a one A one B award, and I don't know who I could put at A or B if it matters. It, no, it's just, it's, it, I'll be more than happy with either of these two coaches winning it. What D'Amico did with literally the worst team in the league last year. There's a reason you got the number one pick. You just so happened to trade DeAndre Hopkins and get the number yeah. two pick. And no matter who wins, I'll be happy for who won, and I'll be happy who get, or I'll be feel bad for who got second. No matter the order, like it's just, yeah, tough. This is a toss up. I'm 100 percent with you, brother. I'm 100 percent with you. And before we get to the granddaddy of them all, we have our own special award this year. It's, I would like to say long awaited, but nobody knew it was coming. We have Smelty's Bonehead of the Year. And we don't even, and this is, and this is just going straight off the dome. Like, I don't even, that was, oh gosh, who says that? There's a guy on YouTube, what's his name, that like raps, and he always says straight off the dome. He's super good. You got to check him out. Anyway. Um, uh, Only I knew his name. But bon- <laughs> <laughs> No doubt, right? <laughs> right? I'll have to, uh, I'll have to get you that. Um, but anyway, yeah, Bonehead of the Year. Um. And again, without the list in front of me, I think it's pretty easy because we had a two-time bonehead this year. For me, it's uh, Mr. Tepper of the Carolina Panthers. Um, Easy because he was a two-time bonehead, but also just the whole drink throwing thing was just such a such a BS move from a guy that's like has everything, and he's got to throw his drink on somebody because he's like you know disappointed with whatever the heck they're saying at him. And then the the firing, it's just the the whole thing, dude. Like, he's patient, but he's not. It's just everything. If you remember and listened, if you didn't, go back and check out some of our older episodes and find the David Tepper um, boneheads. But that's that's my bonehead of the year. It's your award, brother. This is your time to shine. <laughs> I can't disagree with it. A billionaire threw a drink at a civilian. Yeah, it's totally uncalled for. So you have it here, David Tepper, bonehead of the year. If I could just throw an honorary mention in there, I'm going to have to go with Mike Thomas throwing the brick at the car. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was pretty bad, too. That's, uh, yeah, I like it. Mike Thomas, honorable mention, bonehead of the year. Well, that's all we got for the awards this week. We're going to move into the granddaddy of them all, the biggest game of the year. We have Super Bowl 58. Well, Smelty, let's get into it, man. Super Bowl 58, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. I mean, I I guess I'm going to tell you that it's not the Super Bowl I wanted. 
but this is the Super Bowl we're given. So, yeah, I mean, if so the, the thing is, if, if the 49ers win, they're now tied with the Steelers and the Patriots with six championships apiece. I didn't know that. I didn't know they were that close. I knew they had a bunch from, like, the Joe Montana stuff and Jerry Rice and crap, but uh, I didn't know they were that close. So that would put the Niners into elite franchise, one could say. Absolutely. I, I, I was not aware of that either. Good for the Niners. Ugh. Anyway, no, screw the Niners. But yeah, uh, no bias. Um, so I also have one more thing to throw at you. The whole white jersey conspiracy deal, whatever, for the Super Bowl. How if you wear the white jersey, you have a better chance to win the Super Bowl. Well, that's actually true. So in the 57 Super Bowls, white jerseys are 37 and 20. Damn, that's a big number, That's actually bro. quite a difference. So who's wearing white? I don't know. <laughs> How are you going to have... Uh, I think it's actually... the. I think it was the Chiefs, but I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Don't worry, Kev's on it. I was going to look it up and then totally blanked on it. So the Niners are wearing white. Well, Niners the, are going to wear white, well, dude. Then, then I guess white jerseys will be 37 and 21. Oh, so we have a prediction out of Mr. Smelty. So we didn't get into this, but the Chiefs are actually a two and a half point underdog in this game. The Niners come in as the uh, two and a half point favorite. I uh, Chiefs, were you think Patty Mahomes is getting his third, eh? I mean, after this playoff run, absolutely. I don't I don't think there's anything that's getting the Chiefs way, but specifically Patrick Mahomes. He's shown you time and time again, every week this playoffs, his Patrick playoff magic. And I, I hate it. Like, he's almost so good that I hate him. It's the same thing as Tom Brady. It's the same thing as Brett Favre. Ugh. But I, I love Brett Favre when he came to the Vikings. But I, I'm just saying, it's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, he was so good that I disliked him, you know? And that's where I'm at with Mahomes. But, like, I can respect how good he is. And it is, he's a, I hate to even say this. He's just a spectacle to watch play football so i agree with everything you just said outside of obviously the farvin rogers except for what you did say about him with the vikings definitely disagree with that because well, that's just silly but um yeah. best vikings year you've had in a while though so you can thank a packer bounty gate yeah anyway thank a pet thank your local packer thank Ugh. your local packer <laughs> too many of them in minnesota um, i disagree though i think the niners are going to cover that two and a half and i think the niners are going to win this game by Ooh. seven by I, seven? I do, man. I do. I think this Niners defense is going to show up when they need to most. They're going to get pre- pressure on Mahomes and not allow him to make the spectacular plays, per se. You know, it's... Uh, I the, also, the, the, the other thing here that is the driving force behind this is I don't think the Chiefs can stop Christian McCaffrey in this Niners run game. So, I mean, that... And, that, and that's one of our points, right? Is McCaffrey versus the Kansas City defense as a whole whether it's McCaffrey running or McCaffrey receiving, the dude is can, can do it all. But I just, I don't, I think we're going to see too many mistakes out of Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. I just, I, I, I don't know. Now, if he goes on and wins and has a great game, whatever, he could go, uh, I don't know, 17 for 21, throw for 222 and two tuds and like, that's a lot of twos. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But like, um, like if he did that, that's cool. Like, all right, I got to give 
I gotta give Purdy his flowers. I'm just not ready, and I don't know why. I don't know what else he has to prove to me. Obviously, he has to go win the Super Bowl for me to like for that to happen. But I don't know. Mister Irrelevant's gonna. We'll see. But anyway, back on McCaffrey. Like he he is the main the main tool that the 49ers need to use to try to break that defense. And I I I just think that you give McCaffrey two weeks of rest, you get uh, him fresh legs. The Niners they just they're so good schematically running the ball. It's not all inside zone. It's not outside stretch. They can do everything. Do whatever, and then throw Debo in there. And then you throw Debo in there. You throw McCaffrey out in the slot. Or you have McCaffrey run a Texas route. And then route. you play action to Kittle. And it's just, now you got Brandon Ayuk going down the seam. And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's hard to stop. It is. It is. But and it all starts with McCaffrey. It, it, it does, and, and it, it, it really does start and kind of end with McCaffrey, right? If, if McCaffrey has 125 all-scrimmage yards That's tough and to win two that touchdowns game. this game... It's over. Probably. The Niners win this game, unless if Purdy has a Ravens-like performance, right? I don't see Purdy doing that because I don't see um, Shanahan giving him the opportunity to do so. I think this is finally the time that Shanahan gets his redemption in the Super Bowl. You you love Shanahan, don't you? You've made I made it known throughout the season, but you, like you respect his scheme and how he does things. Yeah, from an offensive mind, I think he's one of the 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 biggest offensive geniuses the NFL has ever seen. Whew. Okay, sure. And that's in large part credit to do it with his father, who was also sure, sure. You know, but he's still he's he's, he's still a his tree, own person. He's a tree of his dad. He he took like the his dad's system. And made it his own, and now it's the NFL. It, it's like the McVay-Shanahan. They're very, very, very similar in their coaching systems, but that, that's only on the offensive side of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. That's where this Niners defense is going to be revved up, and I think they're going to get pressure on Mahomes and, and make him throw the ball in, in spots where he doesn't want to and make some of those Mahomes try to be spectacular plays, and the Niners defense doesn't allow it and ends up picking the ball off or getting that timely deflection. And that leads to our biggest point, second, our second biggest point here, the biggest Chiefs point here, or I'm sorry, the biggest Niners point here in stopping the Chiefs is not allowing Kelsey to sit in those zones, find the openings, and him and Travis or him and Mahomes have the exact same mind. They know exactly where those three or four option routes at the end of that route come to. They know exactly where they're going and putting the ball there. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are going to have to play the games of their lives. I mean, and that's just it, right? Like. You've seen it all playoffs, and now you're in the Super Bowl, and now, now you're looking, you're like, do we, you're, if you're San Francisco defense, you're like, do we have to play some sort of tight end spy with, like, a man over top or something? Like, because he, he, Kelsey continually finds those spots in the zone where there's nobody, he knows where the soft spots are, and he just sits there and waits, and Mahomes finds him. It's kind of hard not to see the guy, but, like, he just he finds a soft spot every time. So that's why it's a key for for the banner crew here is that like San Francisco needs to shut that down. They do, and that's gonna be that's gonna be they key. need to sorry. I just like they, they need to bring pressure too while they're also shutting that down. You need to get Mahomes now. Mahomes is good outside the pocket, but collapse the pocket before he even has a chance. You gotta suffocate Mahomes' pocket to have a chance this game. You do, and that's where like as much as it's stopping Travis Kelsey, I think one of the the other biggest keys here for this Niners defense is how impactful are Chase Young and Nick Bosa going to be off the edge? They haven't really done it this playoffs, man. 
Jordan Love wasn't under pressure. Jared Goff wasn't under a lot of pressure. Do you believe the rumblings that Chase Young isn't going to start because of his lack of effort? I, I I don't see. I mean, you have to do what's best for the team at this point, and, and obviously he's not giving you the production you hope for in trading for him. I mean, especially in the most crucial part of the year where you would like to think he can put that aside to go and try to ring chase, not ring chase, but win a Super Bowl. Because when he puts in 100% effort on a play, that he's so fast with his hands. He's so fast. I, I, I don't understand. Like, he could be such a better player, but you do see it. He takes plays off. Yeah, and in 100%. the Super Bowl, you can't. It's not an option. You can't have it. Yeah, I, I could see him playing more of a third down role, you know, coming in and passing situations where you're going get, to get some pressure on the quarterback. Um, but he's turned it into a liability on first and second down. Do you think maybe he sees it's a rush? It's like at the line already. He's like, all right, I'm done. I should look. I, I'm curious because I didn't. I know he takes some plays off, but I wonder if they're mainly run plays and he likes, you know, goes all out on a pass rush when he knows he's, you know, got a chance to get in there. But if he's like got no chance, like, nah. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, I, don't know. know. I mean, I, I haven't I, looked into it enough. I just heard it this week and I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of random. Like. I would I would absolutely be starting Chase Young on Madden, but I guess you know obviously in real life, um, if he's not given effort, you can, you can't send him out there. Yeah, you, you can't have a, any any sort of liability going into a Super Bowl, man. And and you would you would hope to think maybe the Niners even PR leaked a little bit of that to maybe give him some internal motivation and, and prove these guys wrong and go play the best game of his life. You could go see that it's a Super Bowl, man. You're gonna do whatever it takes to get any edge you can get. That's what you would hope. That's what you would hope, but they yeah. they need if they can get Bosa and Young to like I said suffocate that pocket immediately. Now you got Mahomes kind of now you got him thinking rather than just doing. If Mahomes has to think, it's it, with any quarterback really. But if you get him to think, like now he's now he's gonna make mistakes. He know he's gonna go out there and do what he knows how to do. This is his job. This is like he's one of the best to do it right now that we're seeing. He's probably the best in the game today right now at, at the quarterback position. I don't think that's debatable. You know, so, and he's now playing for another Super Bowl. So I just, you got to get him to think. Yeah, it's not only thinking, you you have to put Mahomes in a reactionary state of mind, right? He has to, like, like you got to get him to react to what's going on. Now, that's where his his greatness comes out, and that's all you see in any highlights or recaps. You don't see the same situation where he throws a ball where he shouldn't have and it gets picked, or he gets away with not putting the ball where he needs to be, right? But that could be a key third down. You know, you have to you have to get Mahomes, like you said, thinking, get him in a reactionary state of mind and and just don't allow Travis Kelsey to eat. Shut him down in the red zone, put two people on him. And on and on the other side of that, like you you know San Francisco is gonna be keying on Kelsey. Uh you gotta establish Pacheco early. Early, early, early. You gotta yeah, you establish to. Pacheco early so you can open up Kelsey because you know they're gonna watch him. You know they're already looking at him. So you got to get Pacheco going. Yeah, and that that that's where, you know, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are going to come into play shutting down that inside run. And Javon Hargrave, they paid him a lot of money. He has to prove his worth today, this week. Yeah, no doubt. And it's, and it's hard for, for Greenlaw and uh, Warner. It's hard for a middle linebacker because you got to look out for a runner back that's like Pacheco, who may be on the smaller side, but he doesn't run like that at all. So you got to be ready for that. But then you got to be ready for Kelsey to sneak right behind you while you're paying attention to Pacheco. Like, it's a hard position to play. And those are two of the best guys to be doing it right now as well. So that's what the Niners have going for them. But uh, it's going to be a great game. 
It really no is going to be a great game. You know, it might not be who everybody wanted to see in the Super Bowl, but Ugh. at the end of the day, you, you know, you could make uh, a strong argument. You have the two best teams in football playing for the Super Bowl. Now, the Ravens versus the Chiefs, that, that argument could be made, but they didn't show up when they needed to. That's, we're in the position we're just, in. And that's just it, and that's why I have to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to argue against it. I don't love two and a half. This game opened as a one and a half point spread. I'd like it a lot more one and a half. Which is crazy that it went up another point for the 49ers' favor. It's me. these playoff spreads, bro. It's just, these playoff spreads are just wild this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite get that. What does that. the book know, Smeltzy? Yeah, I, dude, I don't know. Script. <laughs> Let's not go into that. Let's not go into that. But we're all we're, we're we're super excited, man. We got the Super Bowl coming. It wraps up the NFL season, and then we get into that draft talk a little bit. See what the future's ahead for our franchises who aren't happen to be playing this week. Well, yeah, we well we got to get to the draft talk so we know the Packers' demise for the next ten years. You know, just, it's, just so we know. It's interesting that just you so use the number ten there, as in the next ten years of greatness from the number ten wearer. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Eleven next eleven years of the Packers. <laughs> oh, so Jaden Reed happens to be another Stop. great rookie this year. Okay, nine. What do you got to say about Christian Watson? Christian Watson. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be in the league in ten years, bro. I don't know if he's going to be in the league in ten years. God, take us home. Uh, but as always, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. We want all your guys' support. We love the following. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.